everyone, and welcome to World Travel Escapes podcast, where we share our travel experiences on places we have visited worldwide. We're your hosts, Beth and Chris Doyle, and today we're talking about wineries around the United States. Yes, and and you know what, Beth and I were talking, and we have decided that October is going to be winery month for us. So today we'll talk about wineries around the U.S. And then the next three weeks, we're going to split up and talk in depth on the Napa Valley region, Sonoma Valley region, and Temecula. So we'll hit on all three of those in depth so that you get a really good understanding of what to expect if you're going to go visit them. So be sure and join us for those podcast episodes. All right. So Chris, why don't you take us in our wonderful journey around the wineries in the U.S.? Okay, great. So there's lots of wineries in the U.S. and they're located in different regions. The wineries today that we're going to visit are located in New York State, Florida, Texas, and Washington State. And all are very different and they offer different tastings, experiences, depending on what your palate desires. So they all, some of them, like I noticed up in New York are maybe like much sweeter wines and it all has to do with the temperature of the air. You know, where where, where the grapes are, how they grow them, you know, what different weathers the grapes experience. So to me, the best way to check out the winery regions is to get a group together, get a driver in a vehicle and take a one day trip to visit multiple wineries. So you'll get to sample different types of wine and you won't have to worry about driving. Just be sure to plan snacks or meals at the wineries or bring, you know, snacks in the vehicle, whatever, just so you're eating something. That way you're not just full of wine, even though that's the best part. We all know that. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That would be fun. Take a limo. All right. So why don't you start us off with our first area? Okay. So the first area we're going to, we're going to start off in is in New York. New York has um, award-winning wineries located in the Finger Lakes, the Hudson River Valley, Niagara, and Long Island, and they all have very competitive wineries. But um, for today, just so we could keep a focus, I'm going to focus on the wineries near the Finger Lakes region. Uh, I've luckily, Beth and I are from uh, the Rochester, New York area. So I have had an opportunity to go to most of these wineries at some point. And I can tell you that the wines that are in New York State seem to fall more on the sweet side. So if you like the sweeter wines, the port wines, that type of thing, this is the place for you to go because you will love the wines here. The Finger Lakes Wine Country in New York is home to more than 100 wineries, breweries, and distilleries. And it's centered around Seneca and Cayuga Lakes. The Finger Lakes is a world-class wine producing region that specializes in aromatic, white varieties like Riesling and is also finding exciting success with cool climate reds like Cabernet Franc and Pinot Noir. So those are the three wine types you can expect to find when you go on these, go to these wineries, just in different forms. Uh, the natural setting and the growing experience of winemakers is making for extremely high quality red and white wines. Uh, most wineries that you're going to visit are going to have a small tasting fee. They averaged, I think when I went that it was like between two and $5 per person, but they definitely don't give you the pours like they do like out in Napa and Sonoma. Because I know when we went out there, there were huge pours. We could have split them most of the time. They're not like that here. But most of the time, if you uh, pay the tasting fee and you purchase a wine, they'll put your tasting fee 
towards the wine bottle. So the tasting doesn't technically cost you anything if you purchase something from there. Uh, Most of the wineries are open year round and they only close for the major holidays. And some of them have restaurants so you can have a dining experience. And some of them even have sleeping accommodations, like some small inns or something are attached to the wineries. A lot of them I noticed, uh, most of them I should say, are family owned. So, you know, the, the families are actually working at the winery. So when you're talking to them, they're very hospitable and you feel right at home. And so I, I kind of wanted to, to maybe highlight a few of them that I went to that I really enjoyed just to put them on your radar. And I'm just going to give you a really brief description of like what they are, just so you kind of have a little general idea of maybe what kind of wine you can expect from them. The first one, the name is called Americana. It's a destination winery on Cayuga Lake. It has a tasting room and a gift shop, and it's located in an 1820s barn, and it offers an array of hybrid and European style wines. And most of these places will have maybe like four or five different types of wines that you can try. They may even have you choose which five that you want off of what they have. can't remember if this was one of them, but it may have been. Uh, The next one, the name is Anthony Road. Uh, Now the Martini family, which if you remember Beth, when we were growing up, the Martini family was like a huge, we, we, even as kids and our parents didn't really drink, we knew that name Martini. Yeah. you know, the brand. Um, so the Martini family produced the first wines for the Seneca Lake acreage in 1990. And this is still a family affair. So specializing in their well regarded dry and semi-sweet Rieslings. So if you like Rieslings, this is one to hit. Uh, next one we have is Glenora Seneca Lake, uh, one of the Finger Lakes best known destinations. And the tasting room draws wine fans for its well-regarded Pinot Blancs sparkling wines, and other cool climate whites. And this place also has a restaurant and an inn that has 30 rooms. So you could just stay right there if you wanted to and then go visit, you know, wineries around the area if you wanted to. Just just a suggestion, maybe. Uh, then we have one called the Herman J. Weimer. Uh, it's among America's premier Riesling producers. So it's in Seneca Lake. The winery is architecturally notable, and they focus on the wines themselves. So this will probably be one of those places you'll go into you know, to to do the wine tasting and really, really take note of the building, the type of building that it is. Uh, Next one we have is the Keuka Lakes Vineyards and they specialize in dry Riesling and they also offer uh, reds like Cabernet Franc and Leon Malot, a regional specialty with its own following. So they even have a specialty wine at this one. Again, this one is is sticking with the Rieslings and that dry Cabernet Franc that's popular in that area. Uh, The next one I have is the Standing Stone Vineyard. They put a spin on the usual tasting room visit. First, they provide gourmet bread and dipping sausage. Uh, With each $5, you also get a six-wine flight, but also by offering from the barrel cellar tasting and guided vineyard tour. So they have a lot going on there, but they offer a little bit of a kind of like an appy, you know, some bread and dipping sauces while you're having your wine flights. That sounds fun. Yeah. So you get a little, there's your little snacky snack while you're having some drinky drinks. Uh, the next one we have, the last one I'm going to go over in this area is called Wagner Vineyards. And actually this vineyard, this is for the person in your group that doesn't drink wine, but drinks beer, because this is the only Finger Lakes winery with its own craft 
craft beer. So even though the winery itself does have 250 acres of vineyards with 20 different grape varieties to have the winery, and they have from European to Native American wines, they also have their own craft beer. So that person that's traveling with you that doesn't drink wine, we got beer. So this might be a good choice if you're going with a group of people and you have beer, a beer drinker amongst you. Yeah, that sounds like the right place for wine people and beer people. Yeah. So uh, what is your next area that we're going to go through? So the next stop we're going to make, we're going to travel on down to Florida. And I bet most of you didn't know Florida did wine. So the reason that Florida has gotten popular and on the map for for having wineries is it's home to the Muscadine grapes. Now the Muscadine grapes produce excellent wines. They combine traditional wine processes with Florida's uniquely personality and flavor. The wineries break all the rules with fruit-inspired wines and sparkling citrus varieties. So uh, I think one of the first places we ever tried the wine in Florida was at the Lake Ridge Winery and Vineyards located in Claremont, which is about 25 miles outside of Orlando. Now this winery is consistently ranked the top winery in Florida. There's 80 acres on their property, beautiful landscaping. It's like rolling vineyards that just have the the grapes, you know, if you get to, get to experience being there when the grapes are on the vines, it's even more beautiful. You can take a tour of their facility. They have several events. They have concerts, they have festivals, they have craft shows, they have fundraisers. There's two different tasting experiences. If you go during a festival or something that they're doing on their grounds that they're busy, they actually open up the winery experience, the tasting experience. So you can go through and where the vats are. So you actually go in through their cellar area where the vats of wine are and you experience their tasting right there. And there's little stations that you travel to. And there's another place that they have a tasting is actually inside of their gift shop. They have a table. You can stand probably 25 people in there and they do tastings in there. And they always seem to be doing tasting when I'm in there. So it's just kind of like you take their tour, you watch their video, you walk through the facility and then you do the tasting at the end. It's definitely worth it. They have 12 wines that they produce there. Several of them are award-winning. And they also even have a hybrid bunch of grapes that they use to make specialty wine there as well. So, you know, go check it out. It's probably something that you never thought that you would like, but the Muscadine grape is sweet. However, these so these wines are going to be a little bit more on the sweeter side, but they also have some body to some of the wines have some body to them. So in adding coldness or, you know, having it room temperature or colder does make a difference in how these wines taste. But both of us, I think, have had both good experiences up at the Lake Ridge Winery. Yes, absolutely. It's a it's a great place to go visit and just experience those um, wine tastings. Right. And which leads us to our next one, which is the sister property to Lake Ridge Winery is the San Sebastian Winery in St. Augustine. Now, this was this is a more recent winery. They, they opened it in 1996 and the wi- wines are made on the property. They do have a tasting room there and a wine shop. So, but the wines are, to to me, I feel like both of the wines taste the same. The packaging is is just, the name has changed on it, but they have the same, you know, white table wines, red table wines, different ones like that. I think they share the same grapes too. Yeah, I think they do. So, but if you happen to be up in the St. Augustine area, that's where you're going to find the San Sebastian Winery. And one of the things I remember about that winery is they boasted that they use all local grown uh, people in every step of the process of the winemaking. So even down to the soil, down to the the planting, everything is done with local people. So the next one I want to jump to is down to the Miami area in Homestead called the Schnebly Redlands Winery. And this one is described as, I've never been to this one, but 
but um, they describe it as a Spanish moss-lined waterfall, tiki huts, and wooden barrel tasting tables. But they don't have the muscadines or the traditional wines. This place uses exotic fruits only in their vineyard. So they make specialty wines from mangoes, lychees, coconuts, avocados, guava, and passion fruit. So you're still looking at a somewhat of a sweeter taste, but they're gonna their wines are gonna be based off of those flavors that I just talked about. Another place, the Florida Winery in Madero Beach. It offers a, a range of wine made in-house as well, uh, but they're steps from beaches. So you can go to this winery and hit the beach while you're there. This 900 square foot winery, it bottles their wines by hand right in the front window. There's 20 different varieties and they have 60 different wines that they produce. So this is a pretty good sized one as well. And again, if you're coming to Florida and you want to go to the beach, this one's right on the beach. So check it out. Uh, the last place we're going to visit in Florida is in Chiefland and it's called the Dakota Vineyards and Winery. You can sample nine wines and they also make a juice there. And then the, the most popular wines here are Carlos, Blush, and Noble, mid-range sweet table wines made from the local muscadine grape. So again, there's that muscadine grape that you can only get in Florida. And it does add a, a touch of sweetness to your drinks. I will say that for sure. And if you're not a sweet drinker, you may still enjoy some of them because they they blend some things in there with it to kind of take that sweetness down. All right. Well, that sounds like a great tour of Florida. What is our next area? So now we're going to take a trip over to Texas. Texas is another up and coming place to have wine. And Texas is the fifth largest wine producer in the United States. Texas was where the first North American vineyard was established with a Franciscan priest around 1662. So winery's been around Texas for a while. One of the most exciting things to check out there that Beth and I both went to and can't wait to go back to is the Grapevine's annual Grape Fest. Uh, it's a Texas wine experience and it happens around September of every year. I do believe it was canceled this year because of the pandemic, but it is a definite must-see for any wine connoisseurs because it's a, it's a street-wide festival. They have different bands. They have arts and crafts. They have wine tastings. They have food. It, it's such a great in the in the. It's on a one line street, so even all the restaurants and the bars that are located there are open and have specials going on. And it's just sort of like this whole big deal. Would you say? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a unique experience, but it's it's wonderful. It's a great day for wine 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 tasting. Yeah, for sure. And you could spend a couple of days there because they definitely have entertainment, lots of entertainment. Check that out. So in Texas, if you go check out Texas Hill Country, they offer the best scenery and wines in Texas. And most wineries in Texas only use Texas grown grapes. So over the last decade, the wineries in Fredericksburg and the Texas Hill Country have evolved significantly. So they heavily rely on grapes that grow well in the Mediterranean and not trying to replicate what's done in California. So they are going to be a little bit different tasting here. The Fredericksburg area is home to more than 40 wineries and tasting rooms with more being added at all times. So I've been to Fredericksburg before and I do know there is a lot of bed and breakfast there. So I think people could maybe stay at a bed and breakfast and then visit the wineries. Oh, that would be a great idea. Mm -hmm. Have you been to any of the wineries that were in this area? I've been to a few of them. Yes. They're, they're actually excellent. With 40 wineries out there, staying at a bed and breakfast might be a fun thing. Then you can go have fun, go to the wineries, check out. So a lot of them have seating areas outside with entertainment on the weekends. So yeah, that sounds like a great idea. The first stop that I want to make is at the Homestead Winery, the oldest continually operating winery in the Red River Valley of North Texas. Their Desert Rose is an award-winning Muscat wine, and they also have 100% Zinfandel. On to the Becker Vineyards. They claim to cross 
crush more Texas fruit to make their wine than any other winery in the state. One of the oldest wineries in the hill country and the third largest in Texas. If you're a wine fan, you definitely want to try their Cabernet Sauvignon and Petite Syrah. Personally, our favorites. Yes, I like those. Yeah. Great red wines. Uh, On to Brennan Vineyards. Try the Viognier, one of their award-winning white wines and a grape that grows well in Texas. So they have a specialty there. So if you're going to hit that one up, you definitely want to try that. I hope I said the name right. And then on to the last one that I'm going to highlight is Pendernalis Cellars. With some of the best winery scenery around, they source all the grapes from either Texas Hill Country or Texas High Plains, which has led them to an award-winning Viognier and an outstanding Tempranillo. So lots of great places to try. Those are just some highlights of a couple places that I picked out. But Texas has so many wineries. And, you know, check it out. Do the research and check out where you want to go, what you want to see there. See if you want to find a place that has, you know, outside entertainment that you can sit and enjoy some wine, stuff like that. I would say Texas probably has some really good scenery. Yeah, Texas has actually lived in Texas for a while and Texas has some great scenery. And of course, most of the state is flat except for hill country. So it kind of makes sense that they have some great wineries there. So that's a a great thing to to let people know of. So where is our final stop? So the final stop that I want to add on here is the Washington State wineries. I personally enjoy drinking wine from Washington State. I've never, ever had an opportunity to go to Washington State to, you know, check out any of these wineries, but I did quite a bit of research and I wanted to highlight a couple of the unique ones that I found. Now, Washington state is the USA's second biggest wine producing state. So we can only assume that California is probably number one. Washington has built a reputation for complex reds that rival top California bottlings. Uh, Washington cultivates grapes with Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Syrah, Riesling, and Chardonnay. The largest and most classic wine region is the Columbia Valley and includes several important sub-appellations such as Walla Walla, Yakima Valley and Horse Heaven Hill. And there is many others, but those are just the three top ones. Many Washington wineries offer tastings on site, but several have also set up shop in the town of Woodenville, part of the Puget Sound Viticulture area, roughly 30 minutes northeast of Seattle. The first winery that I want to visit with you is one of the most recognizable ones called Chateau St. Michel. And that's a bottle that all of us have probably seen on our shelves here anywhere that would tasty bottles to look for up and down the lineup, including excellent deals like the Indian Wells Red Blend and unique bottles like the Riesling in partnership with Germany's Ernst Lucen. Now, the Chateau St. Michel is just one of the ready, many recognizable bottles that you're going to find. The next one I want to go to is called the Columbia Crest. This, actually, this is one of the St. Michel's sister wineries, but they're known for their bargain type wines, such as the Bordeaux style reds and Chardonnays. And they're one winery that they I guess they have multiple wineries and the one winery in Patterson is overlooking the Columbia River. So you probably, they're, they're going to offer seating out there so that you can go out there and try some of their, their wine while, you know, hanging out by the river. So it offers a really nice view and something to consider when going to these wineries rather than just a, you know, barn with the wine tasting. Um, the next one is called the Hedges Family Estates. Uh, the Hedges were among the pioneers in putting Red Mountain 
or wine lovers, maps for dense, lush reds, including Bordeaux blends. The winery is still run by the family. They're run by the founder's son and daughter. So they kept it in the family. So you're going to definitely get that homey touch when you go in there. You know, they're going to, if they're still working there and doing it. So the next one is called Hogue Cellars. It's one of the state's larger producers and one of the few to retain Riesling. So if you're looking for a Riesling, Hogue Cellars, that's where you want to go check out. Uh, the next one is Nefarious Cellars with their spectacular views of Lake Shellon. Dean and Heather Neff, he makes the red and she makes the white. They work some of the most scenic vineyards in Washington, particularly well-known for their Rocky Mother Syrah and Stone's Throw Riesling. So when you go check this one out, you can get one of, you know, one of each, one red and one white and check them out. Okay, the next winery I want to check out is the Waterbrook Winery. The lovely contemporary Pondside Winery has a view of the Blue Mountains and they're going to specialize in the Bordeaux blends and the Chardonnays. And the last one that I want to highlight with you is the Charles Smith K. Vintners. Now, Charles Smith is a former rock band manager, but current wine guru. And he produces a string of labels like Kung Fu Girl and Red Devil. He has three tasting rooms, including an industrial chic space converted from an old Dr. Pepper bottling plant in Seattle a.k.a. Jet City. The floor-to-ceiling windows look out on the Boeing field. And he also has a former auto repair shop in downtown Walla Walla and the K. Vintners Outpost near Walla Walla on a 19th century farmstead. And they specialize in Cabernet Sauvignon. So that is the, the Washington State Winery's shortbread tour of just different ones. There's all, there's different wines. I know I I like the uh, the wines, the Hot to Trot, and those, those wines are from Washington as well. So yeah, there's sounds like Washington is a great place. I have drink a lot of wines in Washington too. So that's, that's a great thing to know all the different places to go to. So is there any other things that we should know about the area just to wrap things up a little bit? No, just wanted to let you all know, you can see how many wonderful different wineries we have in the United States. There are so many more as well that I didn't mention. Just you look around, do your research. And when you're going to visit the wineries, make sure you know what the wines are that they have there. So you're getting what you want and just, Join us in the month of October. We're going to continue to celebrate the great wine regions. The next three podcasts, as a reminder, we're going to California. We're going to Napa Valley, Sonoma County, and Temecula. So those are going to be great. We're going to go into detail. We've been to all three places, so we know exactly where we need to send you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. Please subscribe and support our podcast and feel free to leave a review. Also, let us know if there's a specific destination you would like us to talk about. You can find us on our websites at relaxandenjoyvacations.com and meetingplanningforyou.com. We'll see you next week where we will continue to share our world travel escapes.